0: Hello, my name is Jason Seely. I'm a first year NFL fan and listener to this, the Full 10 Yards Podcast. And now let me introduce to your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to another episode of the Full 10 Yards podcast, the second one of the year, and it's wildcard weekend. It's January football. It's time for Dallas to take the Super Bowl. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, we welcome you in to another episode. Thank you there to Jason for the introduction. Really like that as well. I come when I played that, and then I walked out of the bedroom one morning as if I was uh, doing something important or like I was a darts player. So yeah, very, very much appreciate that introduction. Really like that. The uh, the winner for the competition for the December competition will be played on next week's podcast. For those that are listening out to that, and uh, talking of competitions, get involved in our playoff prediction contest. It is available at 410 Yards forward slash competitions where all you have to do is pick all the winners from the playoff games in the playoffs and obviously the tiebreaker at the end there, all the games, uh, all the points from all the games in the playoffs. And you can win an NFL jersey. Uh, we want it to be an Amari Cooper jersey, obviously, to to pay pay homage to Amari Cooper's 200 yard receiving game there uh, when he joined Dallas. Someone more than happily pointed that out to me. That's the great, the great thing about Twitter. Um, a lot of things there on Twitter, Lee. Um, We're we'll bringing you in. We welcome you in. Are you, ex- I'm, I can't be. I'm so pumped for this weekend's games. I'm so ready for January football. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, nice, it's kind of nice as our first season Both you know, teams have made it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, obviously uh, the Chargers first time in playoffs since 2013, uh, so yeah, it's been a long time. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and some cracking games as well. I know last year, uh, you know, the first wild card game was uh, o- Oakland and I think Oakland Houston, wasn't it? Connor Cook versus uh, TJ Yates or something stupid like that. So thankfully, yeah. thankfully we haven't got that to look forward to this this year. Although we um, we have Andrew Luck versus Deshaun Watson first up. Um, do you want just should we get straight into it? Yeah, let's get straight into. It's a good, sight slate of
1: games. Yeah, let's uh, let's give as much time as we can.
0: Actually, just before we do, just to let you know, this podcast, we're doing the wildcard weekend preview. We're also going to be doing best bets, but also it's the full 10 yards awards. So there is that to look forward to a bit later on in the show. Okay, cool. So, yeah, first up, Saturday uh, 9, just after about 9.30 or, or so, Indianapolis uh, travel to Houston, a rematch, obviously, AFC South rematch, probably played each other twice this season. The Colts are one-point underdogs, uh, which uh, in the betting preview, I'll tell you why you don't bet on plus one in the playoffs. Over-under here is 48.5. Believe that the um, the key to this one, like we mentioned in the, the podcast on Tuesday, it's going to be the uh, the offensive lines here. Uh, and, well, and you know which quarterback can stay up the most. And obviously, the uh, Indianapolis offensive line is given up the least amount of sacks with eighteen, and the Houston, the other end of that spectrum, there of over sixty. I think sixty-two uh, was the final number there. But yeah, for mm. me, uh, start of the week I was all ho- all over Houston, couldn't see it past the Houston result. But now I've t- I've gone down a, a one eighty, and I just can't see past uh, Indianapolis win.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Why don't you explain more
0: about like why you've done that one eighty then? So yeah, I mean, the from from a betting angle, uh, I explain those a bit later on with Adam. Yeah, I just Houston, um, they got the got the. Let me say that again. Indianapolis are just by far the better team. You know, week four when they played and Indianapolis won. Both teams obviously were at one and three at that point, but that was the game. Frank Reich went for it on fourth down in a silly field position there to to give the Houston Texans their first win of the season. And you know, in the game a couple of weeks ago, the Houston Texans uh, just were far inferior to the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts, uh, and I know Houston have the best uh, the best pass uh, rush defense. And I, but I just think Andrew Luck's just gonna just gonna wing it through the air and and just beat them through the air like he has done. You know, Houston awful against tight ends. Eric Ebron's gonna have a great game. And um, you know, at the end of the day, Indianapolis have the better coach. Indianapolis, Indianapolis have the better squad, in my opinion. Now I know that sounds a bit strange, but this Indianapolis defense has not gotten the credit they deserve all season, and they've got the better, they, I think they've got the better quarterback as well in the playoff game. Yeah, I think
1: it's fair. I mean, it's going to be a close one. I think. Uh... On Tuesday, I said it's like a cigarette paper, isn't it, between the two? Both of these games have been settled by three points as we said, um and that's the third installment of the trilogy. Um, but like you said, it's it's more about the lines, it's about Houston's rush, uh, pass rush against the, the old line which has gone from worse to worst. Um and that's where the big test is gonna come on these young young boys on the indie front line, protecting Andrew Luck. It's a big ask to do that, obviously they've beaten the Texans early in the season. But this is a different story to this playoff. January football. This is where it matters. This is where the big dogs step up. So you're looking at people like JJ Watt, David, Carney, Whitney, Muslera. They're going to be stepping up. And they're going to be, you know, rushing like there's no get no next game because you know potentially there isn't. And then, like I said on Tuesday as well, my expectation this game is New Cop Hopkins, and you've got Deshaun Watson as well, who is although his first playoff game is it actually? I don't know.
0: So say that again. What was that? Is, is it is it Deshaun Watson's first playoff game? It is, isn't it. Uh I believe so. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah he, he, he missed last year, didn't he?
1: Yeah, it really, <laughs> sorry, really like interrupted my own flow and I was really flowing quite nicely. And, uh, <laughs> as soon as I said something, I thought, oh, actually, is it? But yeah, it is, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, he's he's a national champion, obviously, at Clemson, um, you know, in his college career. So he's had that sort of uh, life on the line kind of situation before and come out on top of it. So I think that's another extra. So I'm going for the Texans in this one. And uh, just mm-hmm. so think they've, they've just got, you know, that pass rush, for which. You know, I'm not not saying that Indies, you know, going to buckle or anything like that on, on the offensive line, but it's a big ask for those young guys in their first
0: playoff game after their first season. Yeah, I'm quite happy to go uh, in a match bet review that and in a forfeit if you if you like. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's break it down a little bit. So on the on the Indianapolis side, you've got the, the offensive line, Quentin Nelson, the highest graded uh, offensive lineman there per PFF and andrew luck at quarterback his his best two games of the season was against the the texans uh, especially for for a fantasy perspective and i just don't see you know the, the the main focus of of that houston defense is is their pass rush and i just think they'll just get nullified a little bit and uh, andrew luck will be able to just pick them pick them apart uh, you know, over the middle of the field, Nuke Hopkins. Uh, sorry, and T.Y. Hilton, who's absolutely owned uh, the Texans over the last, I think it's six or seven games, uh, with with some decent stats there in terms of catches, yardage, and, and touchdowns as well. So I just think Andrew Luck uh, is, is still got a point to prove. I think, judging by you know, his absence and people wondering not whether he you know can come back and do what he used to do. He you know when when he's healthy and playing like he he does, he's one of the top three, if not you know top five, QBs in the league. Um, and I just think that would be the kind of the difference. And then on the, on the other side of the ball, you know, the pass rush there for Indianapolis, including Darius Leonard there at linebacker. You know, that, that Houston offensive line is porous. It's like a cheese grater, and cheese is just going to get straight through it and deshaun watson's gonna get sacked a hell of a lot of times and i know me and adam talk about sacks uh, in this game as one of our one of our bets that we like um so listen out for that a bit later on but i think that's what it's going to come down to and i just think indianapolis i don't care if they're away from home uh, they seem to handle it pretty well last time one quite convincingly there in 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 houston uh, a couple of weeks ago and i think it'd be the same story here fair enough yeah
1: let's do it let's have this match bet
0: then yeah okay cool so just just Seem to progress, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. just, yeah. just straight up, another win, yeah.
0: Uh, just a couple of other bits Uh, Houston Texans uh, the team that have the most points off turnovers this season best run defence over the last six weeks but also the worst versus tight end uh, in the last six weeks so Eric Ebron uh, backers there maybe in DFS or any times touchdown scorers two games he's played against them this season five receptions 40 40 yards and a touchdown in the first game in week three uh, sorry week four and then a couple of weeks ago four receptions 65 yards and a touch as well so two touchdowns over 100 yards and nine catches there for uh, Eric Ebron, tight end for on the season against uh, against Houston. So yeah, quite happy with that. But like I say, yeah, the two star wide receivers on each side should should have good days as well. But um, yeah, be interesting. It should be a good game first up and like I say, really good uh, slate of games to to look forward to Wild card We can usually get one or two that may be a bit, you know, everyone's expecting a, someone to win. But this one, uh, all four games are, are pretty close to cool. Mm. Talking of which Seattle travel to Dallas, Dallas minus two over under here is 43. Before I get my essay out, Lee, do you want to break this one down?
1: Yeah, so this is just going to be a grind, isn't it? And I mean that in a good way. I don't mean that in a sort of mundane way. Uh, I just think this is going to be a really good battle between two sides, sort of cupping the same cloth, really. It's going to be a battle for the clock, and I think whoever can win that and control for the clock is going to be winning. Uh, this one, uh, come the end, I think, uh, obviously, you've got, on one side, you've got Zeke, and the potent attack that comes with that. You know, you've got Zach, uh, Zach. you've got uh, Dak, sorry, as well, um, who obviously likes a, a rush as well, likes a rushing touchdown, and that rush and that um, offensive line. But then you've got, on the other side of the tape, you've got Seattle's potent rushing attack as well, and Russell Wilson, who isn't a slouch as well. As I said, I think that guy is the, the X factor for me, Russell Wilson. When the game's on the line in the fourth quarter, um, you know, if you gave me a choice of sort of who I'd want, it'd be down to one or two people. I think I'd want Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. And I just think that's what it's going to come down to, like I said on Tuesday. So the experience, uh, the coaches are more experienced in these situations. And yeah, I just think they'll progress. I've just got a sneaky feeling that it's, it's going to be the Seahawks' day.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, so I went, I went back and watched the week three game where Dallas travelled uh, to Seattle and the final score was 24-13. 20, which kind of doesn't really tell the story of the game. You know, Zeke had a fumble uh, when he was running down into deep into uh, Seattle territory. Um, you know, Russell Wilson on third downs was was unstoppable, which, you know, I'm not saying he can't do that again uh, away at Dallas. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, field, the field goals as well. Two turnovers, um, for one from Dak as well. Uh, L Thomas had two interceptions. He's not playing in this game. He's obviously out for the season. Yeah, I just, I just think that the the, get the week three game, the two teams are so so much different now. Uh, Amari, yeah. Amari Cooper on offense now, uh, fought for Dallas opening up, and Zeke. Um, you know, since L. Thomas has come out from uh, Seattle's defense, there they've, they've actually been not not that great against the run uh, from from what I've seen. And I know we struggled to get anything going over in Seattle. Uh, they suffocated us a little bit, but that was at CenturyLink Field. It's always a hard place to go to. And um, Pete Carroll um, is certainly a great coach as well. So he probably coached us out a little bit. And that was when Jason Garrett punted on fourth and fourth on a long one. Um, that was obviously the Texans game. But still, I just think these teams are so different now compared to, 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 to the week three game. And I think everyone's still buying into Seattle a bit, a bit too much. And I'm, I'm I'm very confident for a Dallas win in, in this one. The minus two, uh, yeah, I think they'll win by a touchdown personally. Um, yeah, and I, I know Russell Wilson's the better quarterback. I know Pete Carroll's a better better coach on the on the sideline there, but I just think Dallas home field advantage. They're just gonna, you know, Zeke's Zeke's gonna need two two sets of Duracell, uh, Duracell batteries to to go because he's gonna get a lot of the ball, um, and I think he's just gonna have a hell of a game. And I don't think the Seattle Seahawks can can stop him. And I know you know the offensive lines are, are good for each team and you know stopping the run. And they're just it's just gonna be run run run. I just think Dallas are going to do it better. They're going to control it more. They're going to control the clock. And Seattle are a poor road team as well. Let's not forget they're not, and Dallas are seven one. I think at home this season. Um, so yeah, I, I just think Dallas should be more comfortable than you know many people think. I
1: um, yeah, I think you I think you're pretty much right. I think you sort of on the right line. Um, we just I guess we just differ on sort of what we think the sort of final outcome would be. Um, I would say one thing though. Obviously, you're going to be obviously, like you say you're going to be running with Zeke quite a lot. Um, Jaron Reed, the defense tackle for Seattle, needs to be one of the, of the most, sort of, quietly underrated players that's had a really good year, and he's been getting a lot of rush up the middle and run stops as well. So I think that's a bit of an extra factor as well. Yeah. That you know I didn't mention before for Seattle. Yeah, and you've got to look at him. He's been he's got 13 and a half sacks this season. And obviously, if you can run up the middle, I know that Z doesn't just run up the middle. You know, you got kind of varied the way that you sort of run the ball. But you know, you're gonna to have to run away from him and need going to beef the shit. Yeah. So, for cool. in yeah. uh, yeah, my favour.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I have a couple of points on this one. Amari Cooper, um, Shaquille Griffin. I don't think he's trained much this week. I, I haven't seen today's training report. Uh, or yesterday's training report but uh, Shaquille Griffin and the Seahawks are pretty poor against wide receiver ones so Mara Cooper could have a, a decent day but also on that defence as well let's not forget week three it was Sean Lee there and I know Sean Lee is uh, one of the best uh, linebackers in the game when he's healthy but Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith there Imagine a full three play. My God, um, that would that be quite something. And to say our defense maybe wasn't as as good as it is now. Um, so yeah, all, all in all, all, you know, put all, everything in the pot and bake a cake and and see what comes out. I, I just really think Dallas uh, should win this one quite comfortably. Although I know Dallas uh, like to make it like they like to put us on a roller coaster, go up, up and down, twist and turns. So no, it won't, I have no doubt that it won't be smooth sailing. So I, I won't have any nails left come Sunday. <laughs> yeah, me and you both.
1: I think on that
0: one. Yeah. Talking of Nails, uh, Chargers travel to Baltimore. Um, Lee, was, I'll, I'll let you start off on this one. Baltimore Ravens are three-point favourites over under 41.5. Yeah, I mean, you know, home to
1: the advantage, but you that in a pretty even game, and I think that's what it could be. Obviously, I've been thinking about this game quite a lot over the last few, few days uh, in the lead-up to the game, and obviously kind of preparing for this podcast as well. And, do you know what? I just think the Chargers have to try and play Baltimore at their own game in this one. Um, they didn't really do that in the game a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, the Ra- Ra- Ravens, I know it's a Raiders then, uh, the Ravens are going to try and run the clock, dominate the clock, run the ball. And I think, I want the Chargers to do that on Sunday, to be honest with you. Um, in the last three games, this is what made me think But In the last three games, the are have thrown a pick on the opening drive of each game. I think that's a symptom of trying to get ahead early, yeah. which is obviously a huge help if you're trying to, do that against the Ravens or anyone else who's going to try and dominate the core if You do it against a you know Kansas City team, who are, you know a superior team, um, and you know out ahead, and then you can kind of control that. Is what they were trying to do, I think. Obviously, oh, that that one worked out rather well. Um, but I think if you try and do that, I think you can kind of outgrind them, kind of. I think, and they like, obviously are playing tough defense as well. Got more great defense as well. But if you can kind of back yourself as the better team, which I think we are. I don't think it's too big of a sort of like a take to say that. Mm. Uh, if we can manage to get 10 or 14 points up, you're going to try and force, or you're going to force, Lamar Jackson to beat you through the air. And I'm not saying you can't do that, I just think it makes the Ravens adjust. They're so heavy now, and as I've been saying uh, on Tuesday, they, they're not going to be able to expand the offense enough, you know, in on the fly in a game, and I think that's the way to do it. I think if they do
0: that they 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 win yeah it's an interesting game this one again this is another one similar to the Seattle uh, Seattle Dallas game where the game the game a couple of weeks ago the, the score line doesn't really reflect how how the game went how the game went you know Chargers had the ball um driving to win down 6 and Antonio Gates fumbles they pick it up and and score the other way so that you know that's why it was a 22 to 10 loss, and not uh, maybe potentially an overtime game, or you know a one point win for the Chargers. But a couple mm-hmm. of notes on for me in this game: uh, Lamar Jackson and uh, Gus Edwards. Their run game since Jack- Lamar Jackson taken over at quarterback. Baltimore have run 98 more of offensive plays than their opponents uh, added all together, which is by far the biggest difference uh, in the NFL over that span. So it just shows you their identity. Not many teams can do can do what they do anymore. Uh, just purely ground and pound, and you know you know it's coming, but it's still a question of, of stopping it as well. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards averaging um, you know big yardage uh, averages per carry uh, in each of those games. Another thing as well, the Chargers. It's been it's well well documented over the years. West Coast teams coming over to over to the East Coast for an early game. So this is obviously the one o'clock game in uh, America, which would be ten o'clock uh, over in LA. So ten o'clock game, you know, slow start could be on the cards for the Chargers. But I think what you know, Rivers and Co would have learned a lot from that week, uh, that game a couple of weeks ago, they'd have learned a lot about the defense and also about Lamar Jackson as well. And I think they'll just nullify them a, a lot more. I know they held uh, Lamar Jackson to, to quite low yardage on the ground, and I think I think they'll just sell out and, and stop the run uh, and force Jackson to pass. And I know I think Jackson had their highest uh, passing yardage actually um, against the Chargers uh, of the season. Yeah, so th- 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 there is there that. Is- yeah, yeah, it- we we. Thirty-nine yards and yeah, just over
1: two hundred. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, so all yeah. the same game. You force him to beat us with,
0: yeah, like I said. Yeah, and so you know, Chargers have already got road wins against Pans- uh, Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Um, so you know, they can do it against the big teams. You know, being at home isn't a home field advantage. They probably prefer to be uh, be away uh, anyway. Uh, I just think again, River, last time out Rivers had one of the his worst games uh, of the season, whereas Baltimore were playing, you know, probably optimum, you know, if not 95 percent of their of what they can do. So I think it'd be a lot closer and I'm more than happy to take the plus three on the charges.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And then just to add on to what you've been saying about the sort of road victories, you could add Century Link and then you could add Mile High on that as well, which yeah. you know makes it for really tough road wins. Mm. And like you say it's kind of like a non-pans, really,
0: because yeah. we almost play all our games on the road, today. Yeah. Uh, a couple of stats of, of this before we move on. Lamar Jackson, bidden to become the first quarterback since Mark Sanchez 2009 to win a playoff game as a rookie quarterback over a non-rookie quarterback. Uh, Joe Flacco did it in 2008 as well. Um, so, nice similarities there. Um, I also saw a stat that I think Lamar Jackson's the youngest quarterback to ever play a playoff game on tomorrow. That's right. Mm. Yeah. 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 yeah and yeah put, um yeah, rookie quarterbacks uh, on the on the on in in the playoffs don't fare fare too well either so and also Lamar Jackson, uh, not actually had more than 14 completions in any game this season, so it just shows you essentially playing two running backs there in the backfield. But um, certainly go, you know, going into next season, Lamar Jackson would have learned a lot and he can hone his skills a lot over in the uh, in off-season because he should be coming back and obviously being the QB one. So obviously coming into this season, he wasn't really expected to play too much, but Joe Flacco's injury obviously happened in that. And it's, it's amazing actually how many quarterbacks uh, ascend to superstar status on the back of an injury going into the playoffs. Just look at Colin Kaepernick and Alex Alex.
1: Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's the sort of opportunity that you've got to grab, isn't it? Yeah. But just on just on Lamar next season, obviously they're going to expand the offense during next season over the offseason where it become his offense rather than blackhawks offense. They're yeah. kind of transitioning at the moment, aren't they? And they'll be able to do that. Yeah. In the offseason, and they'll probably look a little bit different next year. They'll probably have a lot more passing involved because Lamar will be they'll be tailored towards doing his strength.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And talking to strength, Chicago at home. They host the Philadelphia Eagles. Chicago have been a fortress at Soldier Field this season. Six and a half point favorites. Over and under here is forty one and a half. Lee surely Foles can't get this one done.
1: No, I agree with the bookies. I think this is the the sort of most one sided game of the weekend. I think the Bears will win this one relatively comfortably. Um, the Bears, like you say, have been great at home, and I just think that defense will suffocate Nick Foles. And I think Chicago's offense is kind of quick enough for good enough to keep the Eagles off balance on defense as well. So you know they they kind of snuck into the playoffs in the end of the day. Uh, whereas it's a tough division with relatively, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and I think that for cool. the show um, and you know, the Bears were, like I say, relatively comfortable winners. Comfortable
0: yeah, I mean Philadelphia winning their last three uh to to get into the playoffs and some tough wins there as well. Houston obviously was on the slate. Washington obviously not that that tough, but yeah, some tough wins there uh to, to get into the playoffs and you know similar similar echo you know similar of, of what happened last season. Uh with Nick Foles sending to Super Bowl MVP. Um I hope to dear god that it doesn't happen again because I don't think I can take another year of Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl. To be quite frank with you, but yeah, I think the key to this one, I just, I just think it depends. I think this might actually come down to the coaching. And uh, Matt Nagy is obviously known for his, his trickery and all the stuff that he's got up his sleeve. But Doug Pedersen let's not forget what he was doing last season, fourth, going it for it on fourth downs and coming up with the Philly Special and all the rest of it. So it just depends on, you know, if one, if one coach maybe gets to try, try to get too cute and it kind of backfires, then maybe that could be the difference in the game. But I, th- I think it would come down to. Every each and every player on the 50, on the fifty-three there for for each team. Uh, I think Tariq Cohen probably could be the uh, the key to this one as well because the defensive lines for both teams are pretty decent as well. So it'd be interesting to see what Mitch Trubisky does in a playoff game against that kind of pass rush they've come to play the last couple of weeks. Michael Bennett and and all the rest of them. Um, yeah. So that'd be be interesting Very to. see. If uh, Philadelphia get ahead early, could be could be a uh, cat amongst the pigeons type style. But yeah, so you know Chicago at home should have should 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 have too much there for the Eagles. But who knows? We said that last year when uh, when the, the Eagles travelled to was it Atlanta? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When you when you say should
1: should should, I can always hear the hope in your
0: voice. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't, laughs> I'll, I'll well, well, the thing is, because Dallas played before them, I don't want Dallas to be out of the playoffs before Philadelphia again. It's just oh, <laughs> we shall see okay that's the wild card round all wrapped up so let's see what Adam thinks his best bets are for the week <laughs> yes it's time to win you some New Year's cash and of course it's me and Adam to take you through all the wild card weekends betting and Adam we bring you in happy New Year to you my friend
2: happy New Year to him.
0: and do you have a nice Christmas and New Year's
2: Yeah, a really good Christmas actually, lots of family time, which is always good. And then, yeah, quite New Year's, uh, asleep on the sofa by half ten, so can't really complain too much. It it gets a bit boring when you're 35.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, so, uh, uh, say I uh on previous podcasts, I'm not really one for New Year celebrations, but one I am. One thing I am for is celebrating winning bets, Adam. And um, we had a really good uh, regular season, tailed off maybe a bit towards the end, uh, but I think our cumulative profit over the season. I, I don't think many too, many people are going to be uh, having a go at us on Twitter.
2: No, if you listen to uh, certain other podcasts, uh, even money, um, Ross Tucker's not done very well this year, whereas we're fifty well we're over fifty points up, aren't we? So. Yeah. Definitely can't complain about our season.
0: Yeah, I, I gave up on that podcast a couple of weeks ago because um, yeah, I know, I know Steve Physic and, and Ross Tucker are generally, but they were really good last season. Um, so they keep telling us, um, but yeah, this season not, not been that great. I think, but they, did they end up down?
2: Uh, I, he, he hasn't. They've not actually done one this week. Um, I was quite surprised about. Um, I think he definitely well probably finished down. But the thing is, he did cut of his things anyway, which is. Never a good sign when you're looking for someone to follow.
0: No, absolutely not. No, but we will continue to try and try and keep you the winners. And obviously, Ali, uh, Adam, I keep calling you. I don't know why I do that.
2: Your, um, your, your. T- it's better than who's what's his face or whatever you call
0: me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, your your website obviously going from strength to strength, and strength, And I've read your your wildcard weekend previews on tdtips.com. Very good stuff. Like a lot of those bets on there. Um, I, I, you enjoyed writing that one. I, I see with lots, of, lots and lots of words.
2: Well, i definitely enjoyed writing the first one. I got to a bit of a struggle when I got to Bears versus Eagles. Um, I was definitely more enthusiastic on the Colts versus Texans, I think. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be the most entertaining game of the weekend. And Luckily, that was the first one I did. So, yeah, I did about 1,000 words on each game. Mm-hmm. So, you got about five thousand words all together with the summaries and all the extra little bits that I do at the end. So, yeah, hell of a lot to read if uh, you make it through it. Well done.
0: I know, it's it's very, very easy to read. Um, Yeah, so I spent a bit of time this afternoon looking at those. Uh, I liked quite a lot of those bets, and I uh, encourage all of our listeners who like our little our segment here on the podcast, go check those out because there's a lot of good bets there, and I will be betting on most of those, no doubt. But let's uh, do the segment for the podcast then, Adam. um, Obviously, it's a different format, only only four games uh, for this week and next week. So what we're going to do for listeners out there, and and I'll tell you what, I've never been so confident in my picks this week, and I know that's famous last words but I, I really love the one, why what, what I've picked this week. Um, so I don't know, how you how did you feel about the games from a betting perspective?
2: I'm, I'm very confident, but I'm pretty sure we're going to argue on at least of them, so it might, might well sway my confidence a little bit. <laughs> and to be honest, to, um, to listen to another podcast during the week, they put up some very good points on quite a few of the things, which has kind of it's slowed me down a little on um, a few... I was gonna bet on and it's one of those I've probably overthink overthinking now. Mm. But uh yeah, see. The the ones up on my site, obviously I'm confident I've got money on all of them. Yeah. So um I'm definitely confident on them. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I, I, I am feeling that it's one of those horrible or well, it's another twenty well, twenty seven hours wait now, mm. uh, to find out whether I'm right or not and whether all the writing that I did was worth it.
0: Yeah absolutely Uh, and at least even if it goes down on the first leg or the second leg at least you've got two games on Sunday to maybe get out of jail with the uh, the double there on the Sunday but yeah I mean the Indianapolis and Houston game uh, like I say earlier in the podcast at the start of the week I was all over Houston couldn't see a way that Indianapolis were going to win but then similar to you I've, I've listened to a few things and I just can't see how the Colts lose this one um, yep. The colt, the cult, I'm all over the colts, absolutely all over the colts. Um, so if we if we just make it easy and just do our, our four game acca. So my four game acca, uh, which is a single uh, bet for each of the four games, uh, rolled up into an acca. So I'm not gone too too crazy. Just Indianapolis, Dallas, and Chicago on the money lines, and the Chargers plus three, and that's just over eight to one there uh, with Betway. Nice, yeah.
2: Um, obviously. I'm not surprised you picked Dallas, and it, it makes sense. Everything, everything suggests Dallas, especially if you're doing moneyline and not, not giving away the three points. Mm.
0: Yeah. Oh, before you give yours, actually, I just want to do want to give one tip out to, uh, to to the listeners out there. On when when you're betting in the playoffs, uh, I've seen some lines where it's plus and minus it's plus one, uh, or sorry, minus one. Never never bet on a plus one uh, in, in the in the playoffs because the best you're going to get if if they lose by a point. You're gonna get the push, which you know. Okay, if you're doing a big single, then that's fair enough. But there's no overtime in, in the playoffs, so there's got to be a winner. So plus one is is literally pointless. Pardon the pun.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the spread it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I just I just I saw a couple of them today, and I was like plus one. I was like, why why would anyone take plus one? But um, but yeah, those 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 four man. Do you agree with any of those? I know you you uh, are more on this in the Seattle side, but do you agree with the Colts?
2: Uh, yep, yep, definitely on the Colts. I had Colts money line I had Seahawks plus three. I uh, mm. just plus three and Bears minus six and a half for mine. I am mm. um, just trying to get your price on that now because I didn't actually price it up. Uh, and the Seahawks, obviously, I went with the alternate line just to give you the um, just to give you the field goal.
0: Yeah, the field goal. Okay. I
2: think that I think that will be a close one. Neither team are uh, really set up to run away the game, so.
0: No, and whilst you're getting the price, I'm just going to say uh, the Houston Indianapolis. And there's a couple of games that where uh, the, the favorites are under two and a half points, and the home favorite, the home favorite in a playoff game, wild card weekend, where they're favored by less than two and a half points, are five and eleven against the spread, one and six since 2000. So, just shows you that the um, you know the home teams with a, with a low low push just shows you that usually the away team, the visiting team, uh, in, in, included in in this one, the Colts are usually the better team, uh, and I do think the Colts are the better team. Um, you know, if Frank Reich didn't go for it, creating you know, back in week was it week four, went for the the silly fourth down in Houston field goal territory, uh, gave the ball back over, and obviously that was a loss there. But yeah, Colts, Colts from from one to fifty there on the roster are, are much better. Um, and also in the playoffs, any any favourite less than two and a half point favourites at home in any round of the playoffs of four and ten against the spread uh, since two thousand as well. So yeah, all over the uh, all over the Colts money line. Uh, I'm not really too bothered about uh, the, the one and a half, two two and a half points that you're going to get there.
2: And obviously, given that uh, given that strategy, you're obviously all over the Seahawks plus two.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely love Dallas.
2: No, um, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of... so yeah, um my so yeah, I've got Chargers plus three, Colts money line, uh, Bears minus six and a half, Seahawks plus three. Uh the Seahawks obviously is the dodgy one because Dallas is seven and one at home. Mm. Um and the Seahawks have barely beaten they've barely beaten a decent team. They're a waiver especially pretty dodgy, whereas the Cowboys at least have the Saints on their um resume have yeah. at least beaten the best team in the league yeah. at home. So I know that one's a little bit dodgy. That's why I've taken the handicap on it. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So yeah, my um, my fourfold was eleven point three to one uh, for for those ones.
0: Nice one. Yeah, and just a, just a point on the the Chargers game as well. Why I've taken the handicap there. Now I, I do fancy the Chargers to win outright, uh, but Philip Rivers five and one in playoff games against the spread and thirty nine twenty and three against oh. uh, against the spread uh, road underdogs. Um for as Philip as Philip Rivers only as well. So just shows you that he's not um he's not actually the choker that probably everyone thinks he is. He just does it, you know, later on in the playoffs and, and just I don't know, it's it's weird. I didn't expect him to have that kind of record, so
2: No, I've I've mentioned loads of times I love Philip Rivers, he's brilliant. Mm. Um also um general rule of thumb is to bet against rookie. Yeah. Uh, rookie QBs in their first playoff in their first year, so yeah um obviously that's kind of swayed me onto the charges yeah. i think that's gonna be a really that should be a really good game because the, the bad thing is i just can't stop the run mm. and the ravens are gonna run mm. uh, they've averaged 230 odd yards per game mm. since lamar jackson took over running mm. the ball yeah. um, but ironically in the first game against them um jackson ran for 32 i think but he did mm. have his best passing game mm. so it'll be interesting to see how it goes mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely, um, I did I did look at um, some rushing yards and receive, um, and passing yards for Lamar Jackson, I think it was like 150, 160 odd for Lamar Jackson, I was tempted by the over, but that b- b- gives us a nice segue actually into each of the games, so we're just going to give everyone kind of a gloss over what we looked at for each of these games, uh, starting with the Indianapolis and Houston um, game on Saturday night. The couple of bets I liked on here actually, uh, defensive or special teams touchdown, two good defences here. Um, I, I liked it also for the for the Chargers game as well. But Eric, my, my best bet for the game was an Eric Ebron wincast. If you're if you're a Colts fan, and you think Colts are going to win um, against the Houston Texans on Saturday? we we all know how bad the houston texans are against the tight end there what like you said adam to me before the uh, we started recording worst against tight end over was over the last six weeks uh, eric ebon scored a touchdown in both regular season games against the uh, houston texans and you can get four to one on him to score a touchdown and the colts to win so that's a no-brainer if you like the colts to be honest
2: yep i completely agree with you um also one of my long shots on um on the website was Mo Ali Cox. Mo Ali Cox at sixteen to one anytime. Yeah. Um, for the same reason, just because of the tight end thing. If they do try and clamp down on Ebron, then you've got Big Mo or um, Eric Swope. If he plays, um, he is questionable, I think. And they just resigned him on the practice squad. So right. I wouldn't be surprised if he does come in. But Mo Ali Cox is probably going to be on the field a little bit more.
0: Mm. Big Mo, of course, married to little Mo from East Enders.
2: <laughs> yep. yeah, <laughs> Lucky man.
0: Could you imagine? That's a mismatch, isn't it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was on um oh, she was on some random American trailer I saw recently. I can't remember what it was. it uh, doesn't matter. Anyway, that's way <laughs> way off uh, way yeah. off topic. Um obviously one of the other ones that we both talked about off um offline was um the sacks. Mm. Uh over five and a half total sacks in the game. Uh the Texans are the worst in the league, allowing sixty two sacks a season which is uh, obviously about four, four or five per game. Yeah. Uh, the Colts actually are the best in the league with sacks. They've only let 18, but five of them came in the two games against the Texans. Yeah. Um. So you've got to think between them, they're, they're probably going to hit six. Yeah. Uh, that was eight to 11 on three, six, five. And because of the pressure that I think the Colts will get, uh, Deshaun Watson rushing yards, oh, uh, it's now up to over 35.5, mm. but I think that's still probably a good bet. I actually recommended over 30.5, when that was available and i had five points which is probably one of my biggest bets mm. um on that one
0: very nice yeah like all that yeah i think with the sacks i think it's just a case of them maybe they've taken the the average over a year or you're not necessarily looked at the game in particular and they've got to 5.5 because i should say it should be 6.5 uh that sounds about right to me for for Deshaun watson games to be honest but um yeah that's where you get your edges from uh, in this game so let's move on to the dallas and seattle Game Saturday night, if you're Sunday morning, if you're staying up, I will be, of course, pumped for this one. Like I said earlier in the pop car, podcast, um, the only bits I could find off here really, i, I liked um, your Zeke receiving yards, uh, which is on your website as well, but the uh, Zeke win cast as well, 13 to 8, I thought was pretty good. Um, Zeke is, is really really short just for any time touchdown score, so maybe do a saver maybe on that but the win cast staying to eight with uh, William Hill there was really all I could find I don't want to get too too invested in this game because I'm going to be watching it and I just want it to be uh, I don't want it to be financially involved as well so I just want to watch it and watch it and enjoy it watch the Cowboys cruise to a victory
2: I wouldn't be surprised if they do <laughs> um, yeah I, I was amazed that Zeke had a, Zeke had only scored nine this season uh yeah. nine touchdowns which yeah. I thought was very low. He seems mm-hmm. like he should have had far more than that mm-hmm. uh, which is why I didn't do anything with him anytime just because a hey, mm-hmm. like you said he's short yeah. um yeah I did uh I did go for like you said Zeke over 35 and a half reception yards um and then a couple for the Seahawks just because they they deserve a little bit of a mention uh Chris Carson I think he scored uh in the last five games I think I got um and he's definitely the main the main runner on the um on the old ground there. Yeah. Uh then you've got Chris Carson. Uh sorry, I've just said Chris Carson. Then you've got possibly Rashad Penny. Mm. Um he is set at twenty two and a half rushing yards. And I had a little uh little search on Twitter earlier and Pete Carroll saying he's looking better than he has been. Um if you think that he will get the the backup work instead of Mike Davis, then twenty two and a half isn't too much mm. um for him to get. Uh we'll it's not one that I've officially tipped, but it's fair. Mm. A little sneaky one that I'll mention on here. Um, uh, Tyler Lockett he scored in 10 separate games this year. Yeah, um,
0: good season. Which it's, and against Which pretty it, good. He was, was fighting
2: two. Yeah, yeah, sco- yeah, like I said, scored against you guys uh, okay. early in the year. Um, and then, just as a random, complete and utter long shot, I went with uh, Jameez Olawale. Mm. Uh, for you guys he's had a couple of goal line plays recently. Yes. Um so 33 to 1 I thought it was worth a tiny bet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but for, for that to come in you need him to be able to catch a ball, so um yeah we'll see how that one yeah. <laughs> We'll see how that one goes. Yeah. no, I like I, I like all those. Um yeah, I say I, I think Dallas should win quite comfortably and I say the main part of that is going to be Zeke. Um say earlier in the podcast I told you all the reasons why I I strongly Strongly, strongly like Dallas uh, against Seattle on Saturday night, and they may appear a bit later on in the nap and next best. But let's move on to Sunday games. Then Baltimore Ravens are hosting the LA Chargers. A couple of um, player receiving yards I've gone for here. I looked at Mike and Tyrell Williams because what I think one of these is going to boom. Uh, I know the the pass defense um, of the of the Ravens, even the rush defense is, is you know their top five in the league. But I, I just think because they played so you know so. A couple of weeks ago, so close together. I think Philip Rivers is going to play a lot better game than he did. I know he can't play a lot worse. Uh, Mike Williams was at thirty-nine and a half. Tyrell was over thirty. Now Tyrell usually has the big plays, so I was quite surprised to see Tyrell that much lower than Mike Williams. I know Mike Williams has been getting more targets recently, um, but yeah, Tyrell Williams. I think you only need one play from from him really because he's the deep the deep uh, threat. So I thought thirty thirty and a half there, which is you know a pick 'em. Uh, I, th- I thought I thought was pretty good.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, like you say, he's normally the deep threat. He he generally gets more of the targets in the middle of the field. So yeah, I think he normally puts up more yardage than Mike. But Mike's the big-bodied guy in the um, in the red zone. So yeah, I think Tyrell is the one you want to go for on the yards, especially if he's set lower than the other one. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the the couple I put up obviously I had Melvin Gordon over twenty-seven half reception yards uh, receiving yards. It looks as though. Uh, Eckler, he found us questionable with a groin injury, um, which he's been light like, practice all week. So, questionable is a little bit, little bit risky for him, which means that Melvin Gordon's got even more mm. of the back uh, backfield to himself. Like and with the um being that good on defense, except when they played the Bengals, um, that's uh, quite a quite a low line, uh, 27 and a half. Mm. But Melvin Gordon, Sebastiania, yep. and then everyone knows I've got a bit of a love affair with Mark Andrews. Uh, for the Ravens, he's their tight end that I like the most on their team, and he he won me a big, a nice big bet the last well, couple of weeks back. Mm. He is 22.5 reception yards, uh, receiving yards um, at Paddy Power. Uh, I think that's uh, fairly liney. He should well go over mm. that one.
0: Yeah, like it, and uh, the Melvin Gordon win cast as well as three to one uh, with William Hills as well. I thought was pretty good, and it's it's good obviously because the Chargers are underdogs, so you're going to get an inflated price there. Uh, I think Melvin Gordon's obviously odds on any time touchdown, so just if you uh, just take a punt on, uh, take a punt on them winning the game three to one. Happy to do that. Okay, let's round it off then. Final game Sunday night, Sunday nine twenty five. Bears hosting the Eagles. What do you like in this one? Uh, <coughs>
2: excuse me, sorry. Um, yeah, Bears v Eagles, um, I think the Bears will win it. I just, it's, it's probably stupid to take on the Eagles given what they do, but the the Bears, their defense is just so, so much better than any other defense in the league. And they are still going up against a, a backup, admittedly, the Super Bowl holding backup. Um, but I, I just, I can't see past the Bears to win. Um, Jordan Howard seems to have got a lot more of the ball recently since it's got cold. He's scored in, he's scored in, in I think four four, uh, four, four, four in last four games um, so I can see him getting in the end zone again he's odds against 11-10 to 10 on William Hill um, the Bears are good against the rush only conceded three rushing touchdowns all year uh, they're also surprisingly good against the tight end but I had a quick look back through and they've not played decent tight ends all year so getting 2-1 to one on Zach Ertz any time I thought was really big you generally mm. don't see him that mm. big no. And then I've stuck on the tight end. So I've got Dallas Garda and Adam Shaheen, both at 8-1 in various places, um, as uh, the backup, well, tight end twos. I think Garda especially is probably a decent one there.
0: Yeah, uh, I couldn't find... The the thing I liked about this game, I, I am denied about the line, the handicap spread line, the total points line. I just couldn't pick it. I, I mean, if I if you gun gone to my head, I had to pick. I'd go under 41.5, uh, and I'd probably take Chicago minus 6, but I haven't got the... Uh, I haven't got the cones to do it uh, for this segment of the podcast, but I couldn't actually find uh, Tariq Cohen receiving yards because what I, what I see happening in this game is the Philadelphia defensive line getting putting pressure on Trubisky and Trubisky dumping it off, you know, to the out to the wings to the wings. It's not soccer to to the outside, you know, between outside the numbers to to Cohen and him trying to scuttle up and, and get some some yards. So I didn't see any yardage when I looked at this afternoon, uh, which which makes me believe they're not going to put any up. But if you can get any anything for Cohen, uh, I don't know, anything between 30, 40, I'd, I'd probably be around 40, I'd put it. I don't know about what your opinion would be of that, but I'd go over because I can just see him getting quite a lot of receptions. I might have actually have a look to see how many receptions, if, if he's got an underline for that. So the only thing I could come up with really was the Bears' half-time full-time at Evens uh, with the sporting bet, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, Bears are one of the best first-half teams in the league. And, you know, if they're winning at half-time, I fancy them to win the game. So, they're obviously going to be winning at full-time. So, even money uh, is a bit better than the money line bet you're going
2: to get. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, with the Bears having such good defence, they're unlikely to really give up a lead against um, against this. Top. So, yeah, I definitely think that's a decent one. Um, yeah, you're right. I can't see any Terry in any... Uh, he's got rushing and receiving. Yeah. But there doesn't seem to be any separate... Uh, Red Zone, I believe, will probably offer you one Mm -hmm. uh, Red Zone bet um, because they've priced up pretty much everyone you can think of um, over under uh, yardage, uh, which is uh, very good of them. But they've only done it for the Saturday games at the moment. Right. Okay. Uh, For example, for example, just Andrew Luck. You've got Andrew Luck pass attempts, completions, passing yards, passing touchdowns, interceptions, throwing rush attempts, rushing yards. Uh, just for Andrew Luck on there mm. so yeah you've got quite a lot of selection mm.
0: yeah okay I will keep my eyes peeled for that okay before we yeah uh, before we peel off and return back to Lee just a couple of one thing I want to pick out I know I've mentioned a lot about wing casts in this segment Eric Ebron uh, Zeke Elliott Melvin Gordon I, I like to Cohen as well There actually for the Bears if you go and do that with William Hill, now, William Hill, for some reason, don't let you acker them up, but, um, you know, Ebron, 4-1, to one, Zeke, 13-8, to eight, Gordon, 3-1, to one, and uh, Tariq Holmes, 12-5. to five. That's nearly at 170-odd to one, I think that was. The only problem is you'd have to put the bet on and then, you know, do the manual accumulator if you like. So get the winnings off of Ebon, put it on Zeke, etc., etc. Whereas if you did that on Coral where you did the win cast, it only comes to 74 to one. So 100 points there is surely worth the uh, the botheration of going and doing them all singly. I'll see if I can... I'll uh, check I don't do don't really do win casts uh, as a bet, which is a bit annoying. But So you have to maybe flit around. Maybe Paddy Powers will do it as well. So, um, yeah, those, those four there, Ebron, Zeke, Gordon and Cohen for win cast. You can usually get about 170 to 1. Really, really, really like that as a, a speculative pump for the weekend.
2: Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I was just looking at um, 365 when you mentioned it. And they only offer win cast with a winning margin. Which obviously is nah. pretty ridiculous, so you don't want to get don't want to get involved with that. No. Nah. Um I mean they've got Ebon and the Colts to win by one to six or five to one, so even then Willie Mill uh, four to one did you say for Ebon? Yeah. Um is uh, is far better than trying to figure out a winning margin because winning margins are extremely difficult to yeah. uh, to get onto.
0: Yeah. If you're betting if you're betting on any time touchdown score on winning margins, you've got my uh, way too much money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talking of lots of money obviously the start of the season adam um we we did a hundred pound challenge not quite finished yet because obviously we have some super bowl stuff in there but i went through some of those today and for anyone uh, out there that was interested 14 yards.com forward slash punting scroll down a little bit we're on the 27th of july way back when what was that five six months ago now jesus Um we put loads of bets together had a m- mythical 100 pounds to put on a ver- variety of markets uh, a couple of winners there a couple of losers um, but yeah, obviously we can't really do too much until uh, the Super Bowl's kind of finished. we still got two live shouts. You've got the Houston Texans each way at 25s. So I think they're still about that, aren't they? Um, oh no, uh, yeah they are. Yeah. Um, and then I had the Chargers at, what have I got the Chargers at? 25s, which I think they, they're about 18s or 20s there as well. So Hopefully, uh, maybe one of those can bring it home for us. Um, Obviously, the Bills, Buffalo Bills, under five and a half wins, uh, killing us. They killed me for the second year in a row, so I'm not happy about that. That was obviously your nap and my next best. Um, But also, we we had the Raiders as well. We were very high on the Raiders under. Uh, I think you had it in Anaka, which had the Bills. Um, And you had
2: Seahawks as well. You were quite... Seahawks, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, they've they've done a lot better than um, I and many other people expected this year.
0: Yeah, and yeah, that's how, like I say, we like we we'll, we'll wait on those. But yeah, some winners, some losers in there. We'll have to wait and see. You're unlucky on your Justin Tucker there. Most kicking points at 2020 came second. I looked at this afternoon, so unlucky there. Uh, but yeah, most rushing yards, Zeke Elliott done it over by 100. So that was well found there at three to one.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that was the only winner I've had so far. So I'm glad it was a mythical 100 pounds that we yeah, that
0: we had on that game. <laughs> yeah, I've only got two winners at the moment. To be fair, Oakland, uh, Oakland under eight uh, evens for a tenner, and the Rams and the Chargers to make the playoffs was my nap at six to four, fifteen quid. So a little bit to come back. I've still got yeah, quite a few great. awards and uh, outrights and all that kind of stuff to do. So we shall see. But nonetheless, say a successful regular season. Hopefully, we can uh, bring that into the into the playoffs, Adam.
2: Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Like I said, um, both fairly confident today. Um, so yeah, I'll roll on with my nap before you get to yours. Yep. Um, I've taken the coward's way out this week. I've just gone best money like uh, 39 to 100, <laughs> which is very random odds on a uh, marathon bet, but that was, uh, that was what I was Checker came up with.
0: <laughs> you value hunter, you.
2: Oh, yeah. The extra uh, minuscule amount that I'm going to get from that.
0: Yeah. do you say, was that your nap, Lee? Uh, fuck it. I, I mean, I don't uh,
2: know. <laughs> language. Language, tip. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, that was my nap. Um, and Yvonne, anytime, is my next best 13 oh. to 8 on William Hill.
0: Like it. Yeah, like that. OK, my nap is the Chargers plus three for all the reasons I said with Lee. And, of course, on here as well, I just think... Philip Rivers plus three. You've seen Lamar Jackson a couple of weeks ago, and that Baltimore Ravens defense. I really like the plus three. I know they're traveling across country. And it would be normally a 10 a.m. game for them, um, but they've they've beaten enough decent teams on the road this season. I'm full of full of confidence there. Might be a bit biased because I have an outright on them personally, uh, and so maybe I just don't want to see the Baltimore Ravens win. Uh, next best is my Cowboys. They're just going to stomp all over Seattle. Again, reasons for this are with Lee earlier in the podcast. I just think the first the first game in week three, the teams have changed a lot since then. Uh, like I say, Bobby Wagner's uh, Earl Thomas is no longer there who got two, two uh, interceptions. Zeke fumbled as he was running deep into Seattle territory. And we also now have Amari Cooper. And I just think that the, the scoreline didn't really represent the game. And therefore, I just think Dallas are going to kill him at home. So that's my nap and the next best. Um, really looking forward to... Are you going to watch all the games this weekend?
2: Uh, I doubt I'll watch your game if someone's a little bit too late and um, we've got friends coming around tomorrow night. So I'll definitely have um, the Colts-Texans in the background. As mm-hmm. I said earlier, I think that's probably going to be my, uh, my, the most exciting game of the weekend. Although I'm looking forward to the other AFC game as well. Um, the Chargers and the Ravens, that should be very interesting. Fantastic. I don't know whether it's just because I'm an AFC fan, obviously, a Bengals fan, or whether I, I prefer the AFC games because I know more about them, or or whether they just generally are the most interesting ones this weekend. Um, I mean, the Bears, Bears oh, to be fair, they're all really good. They're all really good. I could give an argument for any team to win in any game. Mm. Um, so it should be a cracking weekend of football, to be honest.
0: Yep, absolutely. So one am going to go put them, put all those bets down and go buy a Ferrari because obviously all the bets are going to come in and it's going to be happy days.
2: Yep. Great start to twenty nineteen. Yep. And what I'm going to do before you go is take it to task about uh, the Bengals. Oh, yes. Uh, about your they're the worst, worst uh, job option for any prospective coaches. Uh, I'm not going to go stupid and say they're the best. <laughs> Uh, suggestion that's obviously the Browns because they've got the QB of the future they've got Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Landry's all right I suppose and the division let's be fair the division's wide open next year they've also got 85 million in cap space yeah so I definitely have the Browns first I would then go with the Jets they've got nearly 100 million in cap space they've got their QB sorted they've got a decent defense. they've got Robbie Anderson who is quite possibly a pretty decent wide receiver and also you've got the Brady Brady, Belichick, and Gronk are all going to be going in the next year or two. Yeah. Um. And then the only negative really for them is there's not, not a huge amount else on the team. But if the division's going to be fairly open soon, then I think that's a good one. I've got the Packers in third. Uh, the Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, young defense, uh, a couple of first round picks next year. Um, I do worry there's a bit of a poison chalice in Green Bay though, because yeah. the expectation is that you should be winning everything. And again, they've got a pretty tough division with the Vikings and the Bears yeah. uh, in there. Uh won't bother with the Lions. Um fourth, we've got the Bucks, which uh, will surprise a lot of people, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, they've also, they've actually got a very good defense. They've they got have. a great defense um defensive line. Yeah. Uh surveyors looked really good this year. And then you've got Levante David and uh, Joel McCoy, both really good. Uh then they've got Mike Evans, who's a top top six or seven wide receiver, OJ. Uh, I believe James Winston can be fixed. Uh, I know that they've been trying to do that for a while, but that was with Dirk Cutter, and we're not sure how he'll do with a new one. Uh, also, they're in a pretty tough division as well. With, with the, the So, now I've got the Bengals at five. Um, you've got the AFC's lead in Russia. Uh, you've got Tyler Boyd, AJ Green. You've got Jonas who can possibly be utilised properly if we get a decent coach in there. Uh, they're the youngest roster in the entire NFL, so the future's all uh, all set. You've got William Jackson the third. even Gino and Carlos up front. They're only 30 and 29. Uh, Carl up back. Uh, if you look when we were fit this year, the Bengals, they were 4-2. Mm.
0: They
2: beat the Ravens and they beat the Colts. Yeah. Um, so when they were healthy, they were a very good team. I think they're only a few away from challenging up there again. They definitely need a linebacker or two, definitely need a quarterback in the next couple of years. Yeah. And they definitely need a defensive line help. And also the division has suddenly become really difficult with the Browns and the Ravens. So yeah. I've got my Bengals in at five. Um, got the Broncos after that. They've obviously got a decent defense with Von Miller. you got Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman as running backs. So I don't think Lindsay will be able to keep up because he hasn't really got a frame to take as much punishment. But the one-two punch for them is pretty good. Uh, negatives to them, the quarterback, uh, their wide receivers and John Elway. He's he's overbearing. He doesn't make good draft picks. No. So he's a bit of a worry. and I don't think you'd really want to work under him. And then you're in the division with Patrick Mahomes and the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, So you're going to struggle to do much in that division. Um, Cap space isn't too bad for them. 2 million. Um, I've got the Cardinals next up. They've got 62 million. They've got a young quarterback who I think is actually fairly decent. Obviously, you've got the first pick next year got a decent enough defence with um, Patrick Peterson, Budda Baker, DJ Swearinger. I was just signed there. He is pretty much a pro bowler. Uh, but then, other than David Johnson, you've got nothing at all on our fence. You've got probably one of the, well, probably the worst defensive line in the league. And, again, a very tough division with three teams who are clearly better than you. Yeah. And then, of course, Miami, down in last. Um, for, for anyone to say Miami's roster is on a par with the Bengals there, they're just wrong. Um <laughs> The Dolphins have Xavier Uh, He might be leaving because he's clearly not happy there. Um, that's not it on uh, their entire roster. The, who'd probably get in any other team? Maybe Kenyan Drake if he's used properly. Mm. But other than that, they haven't got much. They've only got 14 million in cap space. You've got the Bills and Jets who are probably have probably improved past them already, and they're just they're just a mess. I think that's the hardest and worst job that you can be getting. Um, so yeah, that is my rebuttal to your saying the Bengals are the worst.
0: Well, no, well to be fair, I, I, I totally agree. The Miami, I think I even said on the podcast, Miami had the worst roster because um, it's absolutely des- it's decimated there with talent. I I, I think I my reasoning uh, on the podcast was just more about you know, playoff opportunity in the next couple of years. No, I I certainly agree. I was a Cincinnati believer and I'm one of the biggest fans of Joe Mixon uh, there is in the league. He's probably my top three favourite players uh, in in the league. And I don't know, just for me, for the Bengals, it just seems like they're in a continual unlucky rut or, you know, same cycle of... Never being able to to break the mold of you know if they get to the playoffs they lose a game maybe the the, the sacking of of Marvin Lewis uh, might change that depends who they bring in luckily for you it's not going to be Hugh Jackson by the sounds of it um, so yeah I'll just I'll just see who they bring in first and say hopefully maybe that just bring a change in fortunes um, but yeah I think that AFC North is a tough division I know Pittsburgh going to come back 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 down to earth similar to the Patriots over there in the east. Um, yeah, and I, I suppose I didn't overly appreciate that you had the youngest uh, defence. I just assumed it was quite an agent. You used to have one of the oldest, right?
2: Uh, defence, I, I can't tell you defence especially. But like I say, I went through went through the key guys. And knows 30, Carlos is 29. Carl Lawson is, I think he'll be in his third year next year. Uh, William Jackson 3 will be in his third year. And you've got uh, the likes of Sam Billings, uh, Jordan Evans. They're both going to be second or third year. They've got a really young roster. I mean, we got rid of Pac-Man with Perfect. I, I would be amazed if Perfect comes back mm. because, A, he's had seven concussions now. Yeah. Uh, B, his play this year when he was playing was not good enough. And C, Marvin's gone. So I, I can see them not bothering with him. Mm. Um, and, yeah, they were two of the older players on the roster. Mm. So, yeah, while, um, while Dre and... um. Crap! Can't remember his other name. <laughs> can't remember the other guy. Uh, Denard, uh, Dark was Denard. They're both mid twenties as well. So they're all under thirty, apart from Gino, But Gino's still a pro bowler. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, is a so yeah that they, they let's say they've got the youngest roster in the league. I mean Boyd and Ross are both second or third year. Mixon's second year this year. Uh, Mixon's still only twenty one, twenty two. He's one of the youngest mm. uh, when he declared.
0: Yeah.
2: So yeah, they, they've got they've got the. Um, youth there and i think i agree with you on the whole look slash marvin lewis kind of thing uh he should have gone years ago but i, I love the job that he did yeah. he took them from absolutely the worst team in the world to five years in the playoffs admittedly he didn't go over the hump mm. injuries and stupidity and fumbles but of those playoff losses weren't on him but obviously he gets the blame because he's in charge yeah so yeah they, they do seem to be wide netting the uh the process as well they've asked for interviews with about 20 different people uh, McDaniel's turned them down today but I'm not surprised by that to be honest no. he'll only be going for the top yeah. I think he'll go for the Browns or Packers if anything
0: yeah certainly agree with that okay Adam uh, we're going to cut that one Cut one off yeah. and I'm going to go and put my put my bets on before that value goes uh, cuz I know what you're like with uh, with all the prices you you kill all the prices on the website so I'm going to go and put those on but good luck to you with all your bets and I say hopefully we can uh, we can continue our good work from the regular season uh, and I'm sure we will and just another shout out there tdtips.com go over there for the in-depth previews for each of the games Adam Been a pleasure we'll we be with you next week
2: yeah, thanks a lot, Tim. Sorry for going off on a bit of a tangent at the end
0: there, no, but I had to get that off my chest. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, any any time, uh, <laughs> someone wants to, to to put me right, I'm I'm more than happy to. But, um, but yeah, it's
2: I, not just you. It's about 90% of the world. Yeah, Everyone thinks that the are yeah. the worst team ever. So yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there we go. But we'll see. We'll see next season. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have him over over wins next season because it be, should be quite long, I thought.
2: I'm guessing five and a half or six and a half. And if, if it opens at five and a half, like it did last year, then uh, smash it because we've got a fourth place schedule as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Rightio, back to Lee, and time for some awards. <laughs> There you have it, all our best bets there. And talking of best, it's time for the full 10 yards awards. We've got 10 awards here because obviously it's the full 10 yards. and We're just going to go through and give recognition or... Heckle, I suppose, is is where where necessary for those players that have played well and not so well over over the course of the season. Ten awards to get through. If um, me and, and Lee agree on uh, a winner for those awards, we'll obviously hand those out. Um, not that we've got, actually got awards to hand out like the Oscars, but um, yeah, all the, maybe give them a tweet. Maybe they'll give it a like. Who knows? That's that's what that's what fan, uh, famous is, is is all about these days, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly, definitely. A bit of social media recognition, that's all I know I'm
0: striving for. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, shout out to everyone that voted in all the polls that we put up early in the week. Uh, some of those categories, or all those categories are involved in the these 10 awards, so thank you all for that. So if we don't agree on a winner and we have two candidates, we'll put them out to a vote, and the winner of those votes will take the award, and we'll confirm those on Tuesday. So supposedly we'll start at the top, season MVP. Who have you gone for? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Patrick Mahomes, only one place to go, I think. I'd be shocked if you disagree with it, um, you know, just over five thousand yards, fifty TDs, pass rating of one hundred and thirteen point eight. You know, how can you how can you argue with it? Mm. <laughs> and this is all his first season as well, and he's just been wowing us. It's not just the numbers; it's the eye test as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And I say the the year the year behind uh, Alex Smith has obviously done him wonders over yeah Like I say over five thousand yards, second uh, overall in passing yards. He was only second to Ben Rothisberger. Uh, Who's actually surprising that he was top, um, considering the 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 success they had on the ground. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's got everything from no look throws to to weird angle, you know, baseball type throws, and you know, big arm. Uh, rushing ability and you know the the amount of the amount of points purely that, that that offense has put up. I know he's got a great coach there and Andy Reid. He's the best person for for someone like Patrick Mahomes. But you've still got to go on the field and and go do it. And you know he's taking it taking to it like a, a duck to water. And everyone that who bought him in dynasty leagues this year or or last year, uh, are surely smiling now for the next uh, ten years. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, no, he's not
0: one of us too, is it? <laughs> No, no. Well, I'm only in one dynasty league, so maybe, uh, maybe I'll just uh, do another one and just take him in the first round. No, I, I, I joke, of course. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty um, in the same boat with you there. Patrick Mahomes quite easily the uh, season MVP. I mean, it was it's close. It was close for the majority of the season with Drew Brees, but he's kind of tailed off as, as in the last couple of last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm not saying that he's uh, he's done by any means, uh, Drew Brees, but yeah, surely Patrick Mahomes uh, is the deserving winner there. If you disagree with any of our selections, do let us know at Full Ten Yards. We always do love a, a bit of a debate and a bit of a conversation with you guys out there. Um, let's move on to the rookies then. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Lee. Who have you gone for?
1: So, obviously, if anyone knows, knows me, know who I'm going to pick here. It's my guy, Baker Mayfield. I don't think any rookie in this class, offensive or defensive, has been more important to their team as Baker has. His personality has transformed the culture, the locker room, and this team moving forward is feeling dangerous.
0: Yeah, no, I certainly agree. Obviously, he's the guy that got the uh, the Cleveland Browns, the, the first win uh, for God knows how long, um, coming in. Yeah, Coming in at half-time, injured Tyra Taylor, half-time against the Jets on Thursday Night Football. How long ago does that seem now? It does, it really does. And
1: the, the sort of mentionings of the last win against the Chargers a couple of years ago feels <laughs> absolutely ages ago now. But yeah, you do kind of wonder um, you know, if they'd have had Baker in for the whole season and you not know, had two Jackson. I think they'd have made the playoffs and maybe even won the division.
0: Maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, we'll we, we never know, and it's difficult because yeah. if Baker comes in straight away, maybe it's a different. You know, he, maybe he comes in with a different style and panache. Maybe, um, you know, where he's coming in at half time on a Thursday night football game with the with a win there against the sorry Jets team. Uh, maybe he just come out with a bit more bravado, and he's just carrying that carrying that on. Uh, be interesting to see what happens. What happens next season uh, when everyone's got a bit more bit more tape on him. Obviously, uh, he's now you know the pressures on him to, to deliver because he has done. Um, whereas you know, when he was coming in at half-time against the Jets, there was no pressure on him.
1: Yeah, sure. No, that's true. There's obviously a the sophomore slump uh, phenomenon that happens to quite a lot of people. So, yeah, that's it's one thing to avoid, for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, yeah, I'm just going to give some honourable mentions out. Fit Lindsay, undrafted uh, rookie. He's had a hell of a season for you know he's setting records all over the place over there in Denver, uh, making moise Freeman uh, irrelevant over there in the backfield. Uh, Nick Chubb as well has come on, he obviously ousted Nick uh, Carlos Hyde from the backfield there in Cleveland, and that that Baker Mayfield Nick Chubb tandem could be an exciting one for the for the foreseeable future. Um, uh, yeah, exciting times over there in Cleveland. And Lamar Jackson obviously as well got his team to the playoffs. Not an easy. Um, for, so, for someone like him, not really that much of a passer to come in and, and take the team to the playoffs. Obviously, that's obviously worth an honourable mention. Always uh, rookie quarterbacks in the playoffs are not uh, are very few and far between, to be quite honest. But uh, another, another rookie uh, who I, I'm probably I, I don't, not quite sure. I'll probably go for him just for it, so we can put it out as a poll. Saquon Barkley, um, you know the, what he's done this season in that in that backfield behind that offensive line. Is, is nothing short of remarkable. Uh, the amount of touchdowns he's scored on the ground, I know going into the season, I thought he'd have a lot through the air and he still has done. Um, yeah, to, to get what he's done on on the ground with an offensive line that's you know, not been great and an, a quarterback that's uh, pretty much a scarecrow, um, obviously, it just gets my, gets my vote and he's going to have to do it all again next year.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I mean, I don't think, you know, obviously if we do put this out, and we are going to obviously put this out now on a vote, I don't think it's the wrong answer. No. Particularly. No. Saquon's been fantastic as well. He's the scrimmage leader, yeah, uh, for the whole league. Never mind rookies. So, yeah, he's been fantastic. He's uh, you know, New York got themselves a star uh, for the you know, foreseeable future. At least,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, the debate will, will continue as to whether they should have taken Saquon Barkley uh, when they did in the draft. Was it second overall, wasn't it? Um yeah, yeah no, 16 games, 261 attempts and 1,307 yards on the ground and 11 touchdowns. And then add to that 91 receptions, 721 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, that's uh, over 2,000 yards. Um, you know, the third of a running, rookie running back to ever do that, uh, Eric Dickerson and, uh, and Adrian James. So, um, the, you know, he's just broken records. He's, he's, he's excelled himself this season and, and I know everyone kind of expected him to. Um and I know going into the season the Giants offensive line was a bit patched up with Andrew Norwell and Will Hernandez in, in the draft as well. But they've not they've not played great and he's still been able to do what he's done.
1: Yeah, no no I completely agree. Um I just kinda of hope he doesn't get a bad injury in the next couple of years and he can he can like completely flourish.
0: Yeah, yeah. Certainly agree with that. Okay, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball, Lee. Who's your who's your defensive rookie of the year?
1: This is, I know you kind of um Maybe change Did you wrote in the last one, but I think this one may be like a, a definite differ. Uh, I'm going to go for Darius Leonard for this one. Um, 163 tackles. Uh, and I don't buy into tackles as a stat passively, but it's a Colts record and a rookie record. Then this is where it gets interesting. So you've got two interceptions, four sports fumbles, balls, two of which have recovered, and seven sacks. That's affecting the game in multiple ways and you know making those splash plays. And that's easier just become the heart of that, that defence.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree, and I, I agree. Darius Leonard uh, should get. I, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, my my honour, honourable mention was uh, Derwin James, and I know you probably thought I was going to go late in Van Der Esch. I did, I did, yeah, I did. Um, but yeah, for for someone, you know, I know on the offense side of the ball, they've 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 had Frank Reich and uh, Andrew Luck's been healthy, yada yada yada. But let's not forget this this Colts team, absolutely awful on defense, uh, over the last couple of years I, with uh Mister Chuck. Mr. Chuck at the helm, uh, and Derick Leonard's gone, gone a long way into to making covering a lot of cracks on this defense. And I know you know I don't know if he if, he, if he's the leader of that defense. I, I think I think he probably is. I think he uh, is one of the the leaders. And for a rookie, you know, to to elevate all the players on that defense to the you know to his kind of levels, um, that, that that's the reason why they're they're in the playoffs and they've they've finished how they have. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'll,
1: this goes back to their um, strong draft class, which was,
0: you know, a big of. Okay, we do this every week of the regular season, but we're going to do it for the year as well. It's our stinkers and stonkers of the year. So stonker of the year, someone who, you know, perhaps has, has come from the, or a team or a player that is has, has come from the, the darkness uh, into into a shining bright star like the baby in the Teletubby's sun. Um, so we'll start off in there. Stonker of the year, Lee, uh, who, who have you gone for?
1: So for me... I'll uh, play a little game with the listeners, so hands up you're expecting the Colts to make the playoffs before the season started. So, uh, who just did that at home, you're a liar. Or you were going through some sort of crisis at that time. The Colts, you know, they're my surprise. They're, they've done a fantastic season. I'd even extend this to say, you know, hands up thought the Colts have made the playoffs at 1-5.
0: Yeah.
1: Even bigger liars. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, this team got snubbed by Josh McDaniels, had to Hi, Frank Reich. Uh, you know, short term, after you've been overlooked by everyone. Living short remark. And um, just perfectly illustrates what I've just been saying about Darius Leonard, how important a good draft is and how much of a difference that makes can make to your franchise moving forward. Uh, the Colts now got some cornerstones on both sides of the ball and a franchise quarterback. There's not a lot of teams that can say that. They're going to be good for a long time. And they'd be my surprise because no one expected this.
0: Yeah. And bit of a reoccurring theme but i actually had andrew luck uh as, as my stonker of the year uh, i know i wrote him off personally at the start of the season yeah. did did a whole article on why he's not going to even if he played again not going to be quite the same player and um, so he's made me eat my words and i'm eating humble humble, humble pie a bit later on uh, for that so yeah andrew luck my stonker of, of the year uh, as well and like i say for the reasons there, are Colts, uh, even at one and five um he's you know, turned that ship around him and him and you know captain Captain Andrew Luck, one a great Twitter account for anyone that wants to follow something quite decent there on social media. A lot of trash, but that's one of the uh, shining lights. A couple of honourable mentions. Uh, Philip Lindsay, obviously he was a, one of the Offensive Rookie of the Year mentions as well. But so, George Kittle as well, one of the best tight end seasons uh, in recent times. Uh, breaking the did break the receiving records as well, and I think he yeah, had one of the best uh, tight end fantasy seasons as well, which is always popular there with the fans. Uh, Devonte Adams and New and Hopkins as well, but the reason I didn't give them the stonkers is because we expect it from them. Um, and I say the stonkers, where someone's come out, come out from the from the depths of depths of darkness there to to show that they've either still got it or they're they're here to stay. And Andrew Luck is that? Yeah, no,
1: completely. Yeah, uh, I was kind uh, <laughs> think of thinking that article just just as you said that. So yeah, you kind of. <laughs> Told you
0: right, he? <laughs> yeah. Uh he did indeed. But I'm, I'm always happy like I've I've said a couple of times, I'm always happy to be to be wronged if if Andrew Luck gets to play how how he can yeah. play. So um, that, that's that's fine. Yeah. Happy that's to bad. jinx that. Fun. Talking of jinxes, Jacksonville Jaguars and Leonard Fournette are my stinkers of the year. I mean I mean you, you just start from, from Jacksonville as a whole, don't you? You just look at you know, a couple of minutes away from a from a Super Bowl last year, um to you know, were they top ten pick in the draft this year? Uh, they're picking seven so absolutely absolutely atrocious yeah. should be should be all ashamed ashamed themselves, you know you've got t j Yeldon, thenette they're on the sideline doing whatever they're doing on their phones pouting i don't I don't know what the heck they're doing, but um yeah, just an absolute joke there in Jacksonville, um stinking the place up um. And i know, you know, there are Jacksonville Jaguars at the end of the day should be ashamed of themselves. A um, couple of honourable mentions I've got: Rob Gronkowski, and kind of for, for, for the stinker, I've kind of gone the opposite of Stonker which obviously makes, uh, which makes obviously all the sense in the world. But it's kind of where you know we kind of expect someone to perform to a high level, uh, and they've just they've just not they've just you know wet the bed if you, if you like, or, or stunk the place up. And Lionel Fournette and Jacksonville Jaguars have done exactly that. Um, but yeah, a couple of uh, honourable mentions: Rob Gronkowski. Um, Mark and a couple of quarterbacks: Marcus Mariota, Matthew Stafford, um, and a bit harsh probably on Josh Rosen a little bit because that offense is just is just absolutely uh, uh, an aberration. So um, probably won't include him. But yeah, Jacksonville and Leonard Fournette are my stinkers.
1: Yeah, sure. Just as a slight tangent, what what was the whole thing with the and, and Fournette? What were they doing? I obviously saw the Ferrari afterwards, but I don't actually. I don't think I've actually seen like a description or an explanation of what they were actually
0: doing do you know well I, I heard that they were like on their phones or pouting or just sitting there on the sideline with their arms folded and you know because tj yeldon was actually active as well that uh, was that was the, yeah, that yeah. Was the thing uh, and obviously leonard fournette since has had his guarantees uh taken from his contract and you know yeah. you'll, you'll be seeing Fournette in a different shirt next season but yeah just um just absolutely ridiculous isn't it tom coughlin um not not standing for it obviously, but uh, a, lot, a lot I'm surprised they actually brought Doug Moraine back.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, I was actually a little bit. Um yeah, Now maybe one that I was a bit surprised about. We you know kinda of touched on that and I, I said no um at the time on Tuesday, but yeah, maybe maybe he's one of them that I thought. But I don't know, maybe they after that continuation a little bit as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Who's 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 stunk your place up this year?
1: Just on another little tangent, I bet you've been a little bit better about like, Carlos Hyde trading dynasty now, aren't
0: you? <laughs> now the the <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Whether stays stay there, is a different story. I don't,
0: I don't, yeah, on. I don't, I don't, I don't think Carlos Hyde will be the uh, the main money back there. I think it'll be a two way. Yeah,
1: maybe. Yeah, Young's done all right, hasn't he? he oh, he'll be gone instead. Because well. he's just gone through all this trauma as well, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's maybe uh, maybe discussion for a later day. But yeah, moving on, um, my, my uh, distinctive of the year is Green Bay. So I actually thought you'd go for Jacksonville, so I kind of avoided them um, tactically. Uh, but yeah, winning just six games uh, as Green Bay Packers is just not good enough. And when you finish only half game in front of the Lions, it's really, really disappointing. Even more disappointing when you've got the best QB of all time. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy rightly paid the price uh, for this season and maybe a little bit of a, a slow decline that's happened in Green Bay recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, They need fresh ideas, and it's not a loss, though, because, you know, while Aaron Rodgers still got a few years left, the window, Super Bowl window is still a jar. They've got a decent team. They just need a bit of fresh ideas, fresh impetus. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got a good beat they've got. An overall tackle has been announced today. Rodgers, Devante Adams, decent running games we mentioned on defence. They've got a good defensive line. They need a pass rush. They're fresh from that secondary, so they're not in a bad position. They just need, like I said, fresh
0: ideas, something, something new. Yeah, new coach indeed on the way. And talking of coaches, it's time for coach of the year now. This is this is the one uh, of the polls on Twitter that got the most attention. And mm. unfortunately, obviously, there's only four options to to well three options because if you want the other other the other section to, for comments and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I suppose I put the wrong three up. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, quite a lot of people out there, quite willing to tell me, you know, either Matt Nagy or Frank Reich or, or Anthony Lynn or all the rest of them. So, coach of the year, lots to choose from this year. Actually, I thought, which made it tough to obviously put the three up uh, for for the votes. Sean Payton, which I also spelt wrong. So um, yeah, just goes with my goes with my my three out of ten last week on the on the quiz. But um, yeah, I know nothing. I know nothing about football. But there we go. Um, yeah, coach of the year, lot of lots to choose from. Uh, who have you gone for?
1: So, yeah, I, I was one of these people and I obviously didn't voice my, my, uh, my opinion on this because we were going to do a podcast. But, yeah, you you missed off with the guy that I've gone for. Mine my, my was Matt Nagy, actually. Um, so, yeah, I'll carry on my, my game earlier. So, hand, hands up. We thought the Bears, the Bears would win the division. You know, mm-hmm. and if you got your hands up, you're even bigger than before. Um, Matt Nagy's made Chicago fun again, I would say. Um, he's got the division title in his first year. And, honestly, you know, I think he's the head coach of one of the best teams, the most balanced teams in football this year, and that's you know, down to him and his assistants. And they're playing a fun brand of offense, which I personally enjoy watching. I I've, I've watch Spares games uh, and, and Browns games. I think they sort of go to when well, I've not been watching the Chargers, just because I enjoy watching them play football. And I very much enjoy, as people who do regularly will know, watching defensive football. And this defense has just been smothering. Uh, and Vic Fangio has been part of that as well, very much, you know, um, aided by the Khalil Mack trade, and it would have been different about him, but fair play to them for getting it done, and uh, yeah, so, yeah, Matt Nagy, uh, my coach of the year, and incidentally, Vic Fangio would have been my assistant coach of the year had we, had we done that, but we have mm. not, but just want to give him a quick shout out for that, cause I think his defence has been amazing, I think he's been better than Jacksonville the Jacksonville, uh, sorry, defence that everyone raved about last year, mm. and I don't think the Bears have got as much hype, which mm. I think is a bit of a shame. Mm.
0: No, and to so say, he's of course from the Andy Reid coaching tree, so he has an honourable mention as well, number one seed there with Kansas City, which he normally he, he's very much a, got the reputation out of a regular season kind of coach. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how far he can go in the playoffs this season uh, with the Chiefs. Uh, a couple of other, other honourable mentions for me, Sean Payton, obviously number one seed in the NFC t- does it time time again? So that's why I've not given it to him. Uh, Anthony Lynn has stepped up a bit and been one of the big boys now in the AFC over there for the Chargers. Hopefully he can go deep for us in the in the playoffs. And um, Bill Belichick again, tenth straight AFC's title, um, not too shabby. I know the division is poor, but you've still got to win what's in front of you. So honorable mention to him. So I, I narrowed it down to two, three, uh, Matt Nagy, uh, Frank Reich, and Pete Carroll. Obviously, you've got Matt Nagy, and without this turning into an Indianapolis Colts appreciation podcast, I'm going <laughs> I'm I'm to go Pete Carroll, um, and again, similar to to Andrew Luck, I, I totally wrote off the Seattle Seahawks coming into the season. Didn't like uh, didn't like the appointment of Schottenheimer. I didn't like the fact that the Legion of Boom had all gone, uh, and I didn't like the fact that that offensive line uh, looked a bit shocking as well. But to do what those those two there, Carroll and Schottenheimer have done to that team to get them to the playoffs. Uh, is nothing nothing short of, of remarkable. So, um, yeah, I know they're travelling to Dallas and I'm obviously wary of, of Russell Wilson and what uh, Lockett and, and Doug Baldwin bring and, and all the rest of it. But, uh, yeah, what they've done to get that, that team into the playoffs is, is should be commended.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I was like, was, you know, almost completely wrote off Seattle. I, I think I branded them being in rebuild at the start of the season. Yeah, so, yeah, no, they've, they've done really well, especially to make the playoffs. Um not, just to have a competitive season, but see, yeah, I go that like one step further and actually get in fairly comfortably, not you know, locked to like 50 with
0: yeah. a week or two to spare. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well done to those. We'll put that up as a poll. And um, where there's a good coach, there's always a bad coach to follow. And this is the Jason Garrett Award. I won't play the clapping music and I won't start clapping my hands because I don't know if anyone's getting fed up with that by now. <laughs> by now, um, yeah, I could have it on repeat personally, but um, yeah. Uh, Jason Garrett award, of course, goes to either the the worst coaching decision or the worst coach of the year. Uh, I've just gone worst coach, and there's there's really, as much as I'd love to give it to Jason Garrett, I can't. um, (laughs) Despite 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 putting Dak in for four quarters last week, but that's uh, here nor there. So I've narrowed it down to two. uh, So I'm going to let you go first because I think you'll pick one of them.
1: Oh yeah, well I think there is only one true candidate, isn't that? I think you know if people are sick of the Jason Garrett. Uh, you know, theme and intro and stuff like that might have to move the corner onto another another coach, and it there'd be the only one candidate. We have to, we have to get the huge Jackson corner going. Yeah. Just a joke from that finish, wasn't it? Maybe the worst coach and the worst well management decision to keep him around after being brought back um, after a 0-16 season. Yeah. Uh, you know, the ironic perfect season that was uh, last year in Cleveland. And I so said before, you know, I think without him, they might have got a playoff spot and maybe even a divisional title. Um, without even the you know, is well. I'm in you know, a coaching, you know, a head coaching capacity. It's uh, it's going to be a super interesting division next year, and you know, the balance of powers moving away from Pittsburgh and I think towards the Browns. And I think it's, it's no no uh, shock or surprise that since Jackson's gone, then things have got a lot better in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, and I I, I figured you were going to pick you, Jackson. So I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a spanner in the works here. Uh, I'm going to stay in the AFC North, and I'm going to say Mike Tomlin.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a fair, fair comment. Fair, for, for, for sort of an outsider, I've gone for the obvious one with Jackson. I'm, uh, you know, there's a couple of outsiders like he could definitely be in there. I uh, think, maybe with Moreau, Um yeah. he was you know maybe someone who maybe took sort of surprise he's kept his job. I think they're just sacking everyone around him, aren't
0: they? Yeah, yeah. They, well, they've done the shuffle, haven't they, with the offensive coordinator? So we'll see how that how that goes next year. But um, yeah, I don't think Doug Morone will last too long if they don't. Uh, Buck their ideas. Up. Yeah, but Mike Tomlin, I mean, the players on that roster and, you know, how good, uh, not how easy the division has been as well over the years. But, he, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and Tomlin and the Steelers, I think they've missed the playoff five times. And for, the, for the, the amount of talent they've got on that offense, they should not be missing the playoffs. I don't care if it's if, whether it's a wild card or through or winning the division. Um, that team is way too talented. You've got Antonio Brown, you've got Juju Smith-Fuster, you know, you've had Le'Veon Bell, James Collar, and you know, Big Ben at the back um, you know, chucking the ball as well. And that defence has always been quite tough as well. For them for them not to make playoffs on five separate occasions in recent times is absolutely ludicrous. And yeah, the cherry on top for me is the fact that Mike Tomlin and all the shenanigans that's been going on with Lev Bell this year, all the shenanigans that's been going on with Le- Antonio Brown over the last couple of weeks, um, I think he's, he's more than a, a worthy candidate for the award.
1: Yeah, no. I, like I say, I completely agree. Um, I think he's definitely on. You know, he's. La- I think he's drinking the last chance, absolute um, at the moment. Mm.
0: Added added That's on to important. that, added on to that as well. The fact that you know we expect them. You know, sometimes when we've we've previewed Steelers away games, we've expected them to lose because they just throw in a Steelers away game. That's just not what you should be expecting from a from a head coach of a Pittsburgh Steelers. No, true, uh,
1: and I think I've said it in the past that. The Steelers have got this uncanny knack of playing down their
0: opposition, and yeah. the teams don't do that. Mm. No. Okay, so we'll put that one out there as well. I, I assume it'd be a lopsided Hugh Jackson victory because you know it's Hugh Jackson. But um, yeah, I thought Mike Tomlin was a a sturdy a sturdy candidate there for the awards. Uh, three left to go, a couple of fancy ones. But the next one up is Game of the Year. Now this one is obviously probably going to be a bit lopsided. This one. Uh, of course, you've got Kansas City at the Rams, fifty-one fifty-four game that was supposed to be in Mexico. Obviously, ended up in the Coliseum. Um, the, you know, I know Lee, you didn't necessarily like this game too much because of the de- there's no defense really. Uh, judging by the points total, but there were three t- defensive touchdowns in this game, um, eight sacks and seven turnovers. So I suppose you could say there was defense as well. But um, yeah, obviously one for the uh, for the highlight reel for the NFL if they were going to ever showcase the uh, sport of American football to someone that didn't know anything about it, you would show them that game. A couple of honorable mentions: uh, the Chargers at Kansas City when the Chargers won with that late two-point conversion. That would uh, that one had all the all the hallmarks there of a of a classic. Uh, Charges down 28-14 um, quite late in the game in that one and managed to turn it around and then obviously snuck out with the win there with that two point conversion to Mike Williams and then another one there's a running theme here, Kansas City obviously they've been a good team to watch this season uh, Kansas City losing over in Foxborough 43-40 against New England in the rematch from the opening game last season um, seven scores in the final 16 minutes in this one, those were the three I narrowed it down to but I suppose you can't, you can't get away from Kansas City and, and the Rams
1: well, I mean, obviously, I'm going to go against that. Um, my game of the year, obviously, is someone who likes a bit more defensive football and stuff like that. It's from the start of December, and it's the Jag 6 Colts, you now. <laughs> Not uh, I'm joking. Uh, no my, I off Green. I was trying to avoid um, picking the Rams-Chiefs game. I actually went for that Chiefs-Pats game. Um, like you say, it had, it had all sorts, and uh, it was obviously went down to death. It was kind of the battle between the new kid on the block versus the old-timer. Uh, yeah, time, The defensive touchdowns as well. Uh, and turnovers as well. And then Gostkowski, uh won it the death. With, in a high-scoring games, sort of, yeah, it kind of makes me sound like I'm just sort of getting away from it. Maybe I'm a little bit, but I have talked the Chiefs and Rams game down the whole time, so I can't really go quick, can I?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> No, no, that's true. Um, yeah, in Kansas City, New England as well as well, it's it's kind of a game that was hyped up so much about actually delivered. Usually, when you hype a massive game up like that, that they don't they don't usually deliver that one. Obviously, uh, did a couple of other considerations um, from a personal point of view: New Orleans and Dallas. Dallas beating the, the Super Bowl favorites. Uh, in a, I suppose that was a defensive game for you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: personally, for, for me, personally, if you're sort of going on that sort of train of thought, my personal favorites: the Titans, Chargers. Game of Wembley, so I was there, getting to see my charges live in the flesh, and then you mentioned it earlier, the, the Chiefs game, where we won um, with the big balls play, a uh, two-point conversion in the last second. Mm.
0: Yeah okay let's move on last two these are fantasy uh, obviously a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are fantasy football players uh, there's not a lot of people out there that watch American football uh, that don't play fantasy football but um, if you're one of those people maybe get yourself along to a free league next season we'll, we'll do a listening league next year as well so get in touch with us at 410 Yards we'll get you in we'll get you into a listening league next year uh, let's start off with fantasy player of the year Lee. Uh well
1: yeah it's kind of a bit repetitive but it's got a bit a passion, doesn't it uh, best fantasy season of all time.
0: So, um, you know, I <laughs> don't there's not really a way that he can't win for me. What more is to say? No, no, absolutely. I say he'd have. I think it's the price you got him as well. You'd got him quite cheap, wouldn't you, this year? Yeah. yeah in some leagues, he would have gone in double digit rounds. I know. There's in most leagues, there's always going to be one person that kind of bought into it and probably took him a bit a bit too high. And especially quarterback is a position you can stream. Um, but yeah, I think he scored in standard scoring leagues over 60 points more than the next best, which was Matt Ryan, and, and he had a massive season uh, as well. Um So yeah, kudos to Patrick Mahomes. I had a couple of uh, honourable mentions. George Kittle, again, one of the best tight end uh, fantasy seasons. I think it was a top four overall fantasy season for George Kittle. So uh, very well done to him. I think Travis Kelsey also had the, t- the fifth um, best tight end season uh, from fantasy football perspective ever. So um, that was close as well. Um, another couple of honorable mentions: Tariq Hill as well, because um, I, I I didn't really buy into him too much. He could have been pretty much a one-trick pony, but he's shown that he's um, he's he's a wide receiver one now going going forward, especially with Patrick Mahomes slinging him the ball. That could be a dangerous uh, stack over the coming years. Uh, Saquon Barkley again. Uh, I'm not gonna go with Todd Gurley because obviously you're picking him at number one. Um, so you're expecting a, a, a good, stellar season from him. But Saquon Barkley, again, he's, like I say, earlier in the Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's taken to the league like to Water, and that's, that's produced in, in fantasy football as well. The one I'm going to go for is uh, Christian McCaffrey as well. Um, going into the season, um, you know, we weren't sure of his workload. C.J. Anderson was hanging about. Um, but what that guy does in PPR leagues is... Yeah, is is astonishing. He'll be a first round pick in, in most leagues next season. So anyone that's uh, ascending into that top tier bracket for fantasy football, uh, also obviously obviously a star. And he's had he's had a great season. So I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, no, it's a very solid shout. And um, if you're going to look beyond Mahomes, then yeah, it'd be, it'd be one of these two it already backs, wouldn't it? Um, McCaffrey's at the top of that. Um, it's the kind of category in fantasy,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could you could quite easily plump for people like Antonio Brown, Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones. You know, they've all had stellar seasons, but you're picking them to be, you know, in the first and second rounds anyway. So, uh, I know I know Christian McCaffrey went in probably most of second rounds uh, this year, but uh, I I'm in a, quite a lot of standard leagues, and he dropped quite late late second, early third. So, uh, it was just just kind of just have it tip the cap to him a little bit to say that you know he's going to be in first rounds next year. Welcome to the club, type uh, for that.
1: Yeah, hundred
0: um, percent. Could be
1: one of the first running backs
0: off the board. So, yeah, yeah, maybe top five. Yeah, we'll be in PPR definitely, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, you had some monster games. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, you've got the other side of that—the busts. So these are probably the players that have been picked in the first and second rounds and probably won't be anywhere, anywhere near that next season. Uh, again, similar to. Uh, stinker of the year. Leonard Finette one for me, although he'll probably, depending on where he lands, people will probably still take him on name value. Um, but I think this is the time where we, we wave the white flag and say, you know, cheerio goodbye, uh, Alfred in to Rob Gronkowski. I don't think anyone is going to go near him next year.
1: Yeah, no, he's mine. He's actually my fantasy boss of the year, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, this season we'll definitely see the death of the trend where Gronk gets trapped in the second round um, by someone in every league ever uh, he's broken uh, um, I think we both said that we doubt he's coming back next year so we can't imagine he's going to win first, especially in fantasy um, in terms as you said George Kittle and Travis they've just posted the two best seasons for tight end ever in terms of garbage and then as you were saying the fourth and fifth uh, fantasy um, seasons uh, so it's, it's even it's hard to even say that Gronk is you know Want his position anymore? Uh, never mind. You know, in, in fantasy, um, he's maybe not even top five. Whispering, whispering very quietly. But yeah, he's mine. Um, I've never drafted him personally, and you know, and uh, I doubt anyone will be. Or not early anyway, uh, for the foreseeable future. If he does return.
0: Now, what what round? Say, say you got a twelve twelve round a twelve team PPR league. Where are you drafting Rob Gronkowski? Nick? Where are you expecting him to go?
1: Where would I or where would anyone? Like where, people, where would you
0: expect him to? Where would you expect him to go in most leagues?
1: I, I've, I've regularly seen regularly seen in my leagues that I participate in going the second round all the time, and it just boggles my mind.
0: Where does he go next season? People
1: obviously see him as this, you know, wide receiver playing tight end kind of thing, and it's like an actual wide receiver. You know, he has been that in, in prime, but you know, he, even that, even so, the round two is still way too high. Where would where would I expect him to go now?
0: Yeah, next season.
1: Second part. Uh, if he comes around
0: round eight or later. Oh, really? Wowzers! Yeah, I mean yeah, that's yeah, I that's, that, that's where that's where, where he should where
1: you, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got new names on the bot. You've got Kittle that everyone will be after. Kelsey that everyone will be after. You still got Zach Ertz. You've you've got new names on the bot that everyone. You have got Hunt Henry coming back. Um, you know, someone the, the tight end class coming out this draft class is really, really good as well, and people are catch hype off that. Mm. So there's going to be names in the queue. The people have been stunned by Gronk this year. He's not the greatest year, and yeah, yeah I think there'll be. It'll, kind of recent bias as well, isn't it? I think that'll come into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of young youngsters, uh, tight end position. David Njoku, AJ Howard. Oh yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. You know. exactly. I, I, yeah.
0: Mm. Uh, you no, know, you, you, you've got guys that have stepped up this year, Eric, Eric Ebron and Jared Cook as well. I think they they've had decent seasons. Um, so mm. yeah, I can see I can see Rob Gronkowski falling. I think you should go around those those kind of late rounds. But there's always going to be someone who's going to pull the trigger in the sixth. I think fifth or sixth round, someone's just going to pull the trigger.
1: Yeah, just on name value as we said before that. I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, that pretty much wraps us for all the full ten yards for the 2018-2019 season. Where we differ in opinions, we will put those up to a vote and then we will crown those uh, awards on Tuesday's podcast. But that's pretty much, Lee, I think going to wrap us up for the weekend. Yeah. Shall
1: we shall we? Um, shall we tweet everyone and tell them that they won their award? Yeah, that's right. See what, if they yeah. actually responded in any way. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. If we get just one person, yeah. even if it's like some, like, Colts depth player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Back that, would
0: still be pretty cool, or, or maybe get some heat from Leonard Fournette or something. I like don't if Brom comes back and yeah, give us something
1: that'd be
0: cool as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we can look forward to that, but uh, yeah, that's going to do it for the episode on today's podcast and the week for the full 10 yards. <clears throat> Hope you all enjoy the wild card weekend. It's time to, as we like to say on this podcast, pull your pants up and tell your balls to pick a lane. Cause we've got we've got some january football and i'm i'm pumped i'm ready i'm ready to ready to go down that water slide and plunge into the port at the end
1: <laughs> yeah definitely 100 percent. i completely agree with you on that one um we, you guess you'll be staying up late into the wee hours of Sunday.
0: oh yes oh yes yeah yes <laughs> yeah so, so i'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna go and get ready now i'm gonna go put my war paint on my headbands and me, me my dallas, <laughs> dallas cowboys helmet that i got for christmas
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, best of luck we actually do win obviously if he's out um, not by back then, of course but uh, yeah Hopefully, hope they're both not smiling come next week
0: yeah and we will come back on Tuesday's podcast to wrap all of the uh, the tears of joy or the tears of pain from what may happen on Sunday. Don't forget to enter our our, uh, playoff prediction competition. Get that in before 9 o'clock on Saturday and say your chance to win an Amaro Cooper jersey there or maybe an equivalent if he offends you. Um, But yeah, that's going to do it for today. Thank you all so much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it. Get in touch with us at Full 10 Yards and we will be back on Tuesday. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Lee. Everyone, enjoy your
1: Wildcard weekend. Um, Yeah, see you next
0: week. And it's goodbye from me. It's in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full10Yards. Or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.